Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. Two key advantages to help the Lightning thunder their way to a third straight Stanley Cup. Rory McIlroy made his case for the PGA Tour without having to say a word. And it was the Celtics' missed opportunities, not vintage Steph Curry, that led to a tied NBA Finals. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Stanley Cup Final is set over the weekend, the Tampa Bay Lightning took care of the New York Rangers. They will take on the Colorado Avalanche for a chance to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. It is, in a way, a shame that the Rangers didn't make it there because joining me now from Locked on Islanders, Gil Martin, the man who wrote the book on New York hockey failures and wins, is here now to help us break down. Also, the host of Locked on NHL. And Gil, this is a matchup of, of two teams who can really get up and down the ice for the Lightning, they are familiar with what's going on with a Stanley Cup final, with the pressure and all of the adversity that comes with it. What do you think ultimately decides this matchup? You know, th- this is going to be a, a sort of a dream matchup as far as, you know, two very talented teams. I think if the NHL could draw it up, this is what they would have wanted. And I, I think it may very well co- come down to defense more than anything else. I think that the the Avalanche have a very mobile defense, a team that can move the puck very quickly and the lightning have a better goaltender and more experience. So I think whichever team is better able to shut down the opposition will probably end up winning this one. So that, that sounds like if I'm, if I'm hearing you correctly, that, that you're leaning the lightning in this one. I am, but it's very, very close. And I I think the, the, the lightning has two big advantages over Colorado right now. Number one is the goaltending. Andre Vasilevsky, uh, arguably the best goaltender in the National Hockey League right now. And then the other one is experience. They've won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They're looking to become the first team to win three straight since the Islanders did it in uh, 80, 81, 82, 83. They won four straight. But, you know, you're going back to pre-salary cap, pre-free agency era it would be quite an accomplishment to three-peat. On the other hand, the Avalanche are coming in red hot, having swept their last two series. How do you think momentum-wise you see that part of this playing out? I think it's an advantage for the Avalanche in the sense that they are on a roll and they had some injuries. And this little break that they had in between the conference final and the Stanley Cup final will give some of their players, like Nazem Kadri, for example, uh, and Darcy Kemper, their starting goalie, a chance to get healthy and play in this Stanley Cup final. So I, I think that works in their favor to an extent. And look, you have a team that has won two straight Stanley Cups against a team that was sort of the favorite to win the Stanley Cup the last couple of years and stumbled in the playoffs. So it, it's a marquee matchup between two really good teams. The, one of the things that we often hear in sports, the old cliche, you can't fake desperation. And if you're the Lightning, there is an advantage to been there, done that, right? They understand what the pressure feels like. But there also might be a an urgency disadvantage to having done that. The hunger might not, might not be the same. How do you see 
that 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 dissonance playing out in this series does that give the avalanche some sort of you know minor advantage the team that plays with the most force in these playoff games often is the one that that comes out on top I think it could. It really could give the Avalanche an advantage. You know, like I said, they were the favorites. They won the President's Trophy with the best record in the league, not this year, but the two years prior, and then couldn't get it done in the playoffs. You know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are so hard. You have to win four series, 16 games, playing every other day. It's a physical grind. You have to lose in in order to learn how to win sometimes. And I think the Avalanche are hungry. They realize that their window does not last forever, and this may be their last great chance. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. We have an important favor to ask you. We put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. Coming up, Rory McIlroy did what the commissioner of the PGA Tour has previously failed to do. Remind us why the PGA is the best of the best. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? Maybe a little caramel swirl in there. What if you could get that wonderful flavor and get 17 grams of protein along with... Well, you're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now and you better act fast because they will be gone before you know it. Just 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. Come on. Unbelievable unbeatable the best part caramel brownie these bars covered in 100 percent real chocolate like real for real with built you don't have to sacrifice taste for health you can have both go to built.com and use promo code locks 15 to get 15 percent off your order that's promo code locks 15 for 15 percent off at built.com now here's what you need to be locked on today For the third year in a row, the number one ranked college baseball team in the land will not make it to Omaha. The Tennessee Volunteers were this year's top ranked team, but they fell victim to the old saying, they don't play the game on paper, and they were eliminated by the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Jack Finley held the balls to one hit and no runs over the final five innings of the game, while the Irish scored six between the seventh and eighth innings to win it. This will be Notre Dame's first trip to the College World Series since 2002. The Baltimore Orioles or Game of Thrones. John Angelos was accused in a lawsuit this week of seizing control of the Orioles from his brother Lou against his father's wishes. Peter Angelos became the Orioles owner in 1993, but his public role has diminished in recent years and he turns 93 next month. The suit alleges that John accomplished this all by seizing his father's assets by manipulating his 80-year-old mother to do what John wanted. The North remembers, or I guess in this case, the, the AL East. It took 12 innings, but the Texas Rangers got a big win on the road against the Chicago White Sox on Sunday. That was one of the weirdest, wildest, and most wonderful baseball games I have ever seen the Texas Rangers play. 
Rangers win 8-6 in 12 innings against the White Sox to win their first series in June. I'm Bryce Paddock, host of the Locked on Rangers podcast. This was an absolutely insane game. So many players used the Rangers, emptied their entirety of their bench. Ezekiel Duran hit his second big league home run. Eli White hit a home run and then had a collision in the bottom of the 11th inning. Very scary collision. He came out of the game Blocked off the field under his own power. Could not initially get up. They're going to have some x-rays on his wrist. A solid start by John Gray in this one. And the San Francisco Giants dominated the L.A. Dodgers over the weekend in sweeping fashion. The Giants don't just beat L.A., they sweep L.A., and they only allow four runs in the series in the process. Ben Kaspik with the Locked on Giants podcast. That was much needed for the Giants in so many ways. And a lot of things kind of have normalized in a way. Like we started to see less kind of lucky, fluky hits against the Giants and more hard hit balls right at people. And we saw the bullpen come through and be clutch and get that big out. Just something they haven't been able to consistently do all season. And really, this is some of the best baseball they've played. Tight, close games and coming out on top is another story you need to know. After all of the controversy, after Phil Mickelson's comments got him exiled from the golf world, not just the PGA Tour, the Live Golf Experiment finally kicked off in earnest over the weekend. At the same time, Rory McIlroy won a thrilling RBC Canadian Championship on the weekend, shooting a 62 on Sunday. Joining me now from Locked On Big 12, our resident golf guy, Josh Neighbors. Josh, I thought it was so fitting that these two things happened at the same time because I saw almost no conversation about what happened with Liv and the the golf on the PGA Tour was excellent. Just big picture with what's going on right now with Liv. What do you make of what we saw over the last few days? So I think I think Jay Monahan did a bad job of stumbling with PGA Tour. I think Rory McIlroy did the best job of stumbling with PGA Tour. He shot a 62 to beat Tony Finau, a guy we think we should be winning majors, and Justin Thomas, a guy who won the last major, to win a golf tournament this weekend. On the same weekend, we're sure Charles Schwartzel won, but Henny Duplessis is your second place finisher at Live Golf. <laughs> Fantastic. You made that name up, Josh. Come on, yes. you made that name up. I don't know who he is. I'm gonna go. I've got no clue who this guy is. He made two million dollars. Here's the thing: the PGA Tour has some problems. Jay Monahan addressed none of them. Rory McIlroy, though, did make the point that everybody is making: the best players in the world reside on the PGA Tour. The guys who want to win, the guys who want to beat the other guys who want to win, are on the PGA Tour, Peter. That's the big story to me this weekend. I, I love that. And and there is, for those of you who are not up to date on what's going on, the Live Golf Tournament is backed by the Saudi government. Essentially, they have a public investment fund. They have allocated billions, tens of billions of dollars to reinvigorate their image uh, across the globe. Um, there, there has been accusations that this is what we call sports washing, where they're trying to use sports to make their, to shine up their image while they're, committing, you know, civil rights issues. There there was the journalist that was killed that Phil Mickelson referenced, part of what, what got him banned. We saw these guys over there in, in, in London for the tournament get asked these difficult questions. It doesn't seem like they're going away. How long can, do you think this can go on? 
Well, I, I think it's going to keep going on. I mean, these guys, you know, look like I think Dustin Johnson can just ignore it forever. Although like if you, if, if we're going to talk about his golf legacy, you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations with guys like records, whatever. I mean, he gets dinged for this because this is a guy who's got all talent in the world, former number one player, multiple, you know, multiple times major champion and should be accomplishing more. But you know what? He's taking the bag. He's getting the bag. Like, I'll, I'm mad at him for that. I'm not going to get mad at Kevin Na. Like, am I supposed to be mad at Kevin Na for going to get the money? No. But, you know, guys like DJ, guys like Patrick Reed, and guys like Phil, here's the thing. Look at these three guys. And for my money, the biggest names on that tour. DJ, not wasted talent, but didn't, didn't fulfill. Patrick Reed, maybe the biggest a-hole on tour. Like, nobody likes this dude. And Phil Mickelson potential white collar criminal who's accepting Saudi money. So that might answer the question about, is he a white collar criminal or not? Right. Those are the guys that are the big stars getting the money. And then Bryson, obviously, you know, maybe second most disliked guy on tour. Like those are the guys who are getting the money and, and keep asking the questions because those guys do not have solid defenses, nor will they at any point in time. Keep asking them. I think it's a good journalistic integrity. But let's keep hearing them stammer, 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 and not have, you know, not, not have anything to really to say about what actually the problems are here. Coming up, the Celtics missed opportunities. Not Steph Curry should be the headline from Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Here's an updated look at the odds on the NBA Finals MVP. Steph Curry is the favorite. Minus 125, Jason Tatum, plus 185, Jalen Brown. Four to one, like that one. Marcus Smart, 25 to one. Al Horford, 40 to one. And then now we're getting into long shots. Andrew Wiggins, 80 to one. Clay Thompson, 150. Draymond Green, 150. Jordan Poole, all 150 to one. Bet online where the game starts. Steph Curry was unstoppable in game four of the NBA Finals. The Celtics seemingly had no answers for him. And yet, as John Corrales of Locked On Celtics will have you believe, it is the Celtics who still had a good shot at winning this game. The Celtics actually, actually could have been in a spot. They were in a spot to withstand this. And this didn't go, like I said, so I'm not going to sit here and take some sort of victory lap about how the Celtics defended him or anything like that. Um, When I say this coming up, they could have withstood the 43 points from Curry. Curry went out there and closed the door. Uh, late in the game, Clay Thompson hits a three. Then Curry comes in and hits a three, and it becomes a three-point game, or a, um, becomes a three-point game. And the Celtics had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to go out there to 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 tie the game. They missed four three-pointers down three. They missed four three-pointers. Uh, Marcus Smart missed two, uh, Horford missed one, Tatum missed one. Jalen Brown didn't get any until later on, uh, which is a problem. But the Celtics missed chances over and over and over again. Like, there were two minutes of scoreless basketball where neither team scored. And then Curry came down and put them away. So, the storyline out of this game becomes, wow, Curry 
43 puts the Celtics away. And yeah, he did. But there was a stretch there. Two minutes of scoreless basketball where if the Celtics had just run some cohesive offense, maybe, maybe this would have, the storyline could have been, wow, Curry was awesome. Wiggins had a great game and they wasted it because the Celtics closed them out down the stretch. That opportunity was there. That's where I'm really, if I'm sitting here upset about this game, that from a Celtics perspective is where you get upset about this game. I think two things can be true at once. It is the Steph Curry game and the Warriors won because of Steph Curry. It's also the case that Boston could have and potentially should have won the game. It's not as if this was some blowout. In fact, neither team had a double-digit lead until the very end. It wasn't until those closing minutes that the Warriors really put any kind of distance between themselves and the Boston Celtics, which by definition means the game was right there for Boston to grab. Through four games, I understand the series is tied, but to me, the Boston has looked like the better team throughout. It has taken some Steph Curry brilliance to claw the Warriors to even. The thing is, Steph Curry's an all-time great. And so we could be sitting here after seven games going, yeah, the Boston Celtics were the better team. But guess what? Steph Curry has been the best player in the series. And if he does it two more times, the Warriors are going to be champs again. And finally, Rory McIlroy's win at the RBC Canadian Open had a little extra sweetness to it, even if he didn't, as he passed an all-time great golfer in total wins. Greg Norman, who just happens to be the CEO of the Live Golf Invitational, was, of course, that golfer of the accomplishment, Rory said, 21st PGA Tour win, one more than someone else. That gave me a little bit extra incentive today, and I'm happy to get it. The PGA, feeling just fine. Rory McIlroy, feeling great. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NBA Big Board, as they get you ready for the ultimate NBA mock draft. It starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft quite like this. The Locked On NBA Big Board draft experts plus the Odyssey insiders. First pick is June 16th. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick. Coming up Tuesday, will the Warriors take advantage of their home court? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.